0: I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations
1: about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable
0: strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hey
1: guys, welcome back to another episode of the dirt on flowers. You know, Shannon, we just, we did an episode not long ago about Mm -hmm. our biggest failures Yes. And I think I just keep adding to the list this year. Like honestly, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I actually know how to farm. I mean, <laughs> I have killed so many seedlings this year. This has been a trying spring. Yeah, I know. It really has. The weather's been crazy. I think everybody's mm. feeling it. But I had I had a lot of people send me some like nice messages about the tulips and yes. saying like they had similar experiences. And it was yeah. nice to kind of hear that. So that felt good to know that like my pain is being carried yeah. by others. Um, you know, it was just like the, we can all relate to, like, to some yes. scale of like disaster on the farm.
0: Yeah, and on social, I put out are you even a flower farmer. If you if you haven't given your tulip patch in the middle finger at least once, dude, I am just yeah. done. I am done with tulips. I I, I want to move on. I am ready to move on. Although, but like I know people are like seeing other people with all these beautiful tulips and they're like feeling bad about their tools. We do that too. I'm like, man, I wish I had all these beautiful tulips. And I do. I have some, but I'm Mm kind of getting towards the end, like everything came on so fast. And then it's just like, it's literally a full-time job keeping up with Mm them. It Um, is. And I, it's always Sunday. Always. Never did
1: I texted you Sunday, That's Sunday. And I'm like,
0: OMG.
1: Yeah. The heat wave, the sun, they came out, they all bloomed at once. Yeah. All 10 of them that I got this year. And I... (laughs) No, I got a few more than that. But okay. I, you know, it's, I am reevaluating how many I grow next mm-hmm. year and when I grow them because once ranunculus come on, yeah. nobody no cares one cares about tulips. I mean, yes. they're great for my CSA and then I dry mm-hmm. store some for Mother's Day, but I'm really rethinking this. I did my order and I'm kind of going through and making some adjustments to see what I actually really need to grow, how many I need to grow. Because there's some there can be some vanity metrics, right? When you're throwing out numbers and like how many for me I'm like, oh, what's an extra couple couple thousand? I'm like, it's a lot when you're pulling the stupid things. Yeah. You know? So I guess I just – that's one thing I've been working on, um, just trying to figure out like actually how many can we grow mm-hmm. and sell and to have for dry storage. And it's a gamble. I yeah. mean it's always a gamble oh, it every is. year.
0: And it, it's like an evolution of your business too. Like every year it's going to change and, and mm-hmm. you're just going to have to f- figure it out for yourself, which is hard. And I mean we're kind of at the point – I know I've, I might have said this before, but we're just contemplating like not even doing field tulips anymore mm-hmm. and just doing the greenhouse tulips because yeah. like my last – my latest tulips are now blooming in my greenhouse, and I could be, like, done. But now yeah. I've got these funky, like, field tulips I'm dealing with, and yeah. I, I kind of hate them, but, you know, I need yeah. them, so it's fine. But I want to love them, like, when I first love tulips, but by mm-hmm. the end of tulip season, I'm just, like over it moving on now <laughs> yeah yeah like, seriously and now i'm like yeah now i gotta take
1: down these stupid beds and
0: store them. i mean like
1: the inner dialogue <laughs> the if, oh
0: the rage you have no and i'm a redhead that's like double watch out now Woo. <laughs> well i know claims. usually when i'm getting a facetime call from you on sunday <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm scared to answer like, how do I dry? Is like, this dry
1: stored? Is this not dry stored? <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. My girl, oh. that my employees got po- got called into mm-hmm. work for the first time I yes. think ever on a Sunday, which was a lot. Uh, it was a big deal for me to like call them in, but it was a Sunday, and they actually worked seven days that week. It was a rough. It
0: was a were rough they, week. This, were they mad at you, or were they no? And I they were good.
1: I yeah. They even oh. commented on how sane I was. You know, they were like, I know, I was good. That's because you came in. Yes. (laughs) Can you you imagine what Monday would have been like if y'all didn't come in? Let me tell you. It would have been hell to pay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, we were, it was good. I mean, honestly, I've, you know, I've said this to you. I've cried this to you, but this has been, this has been a year for me so Mm. far. And I am really trying to manage my mind of like, I even woke up this morning, I swear, I had my coffee and I was like, this is gonna be a great day. Like it's gonna go smooth. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be what it's gonna be. And that is what I just have to do. And yeah. every single sometimes every hour I've been saying it. <laughs> 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 or I'm gonna there's gonna be a wild root, wildfire. And these fields are gonna be set on fire. <laughs> it's too early in the season to be Yeah, you keep be doing way. that. But tulips, man, it just set me, me yeah, up. They do. Yeah, they
0: they they do. Yeah,
1: But I did, you know, something I I have done is I've actually canceled a few things that I had Mm -hmm. on my calendar and it kind of made me feel like this little exhale of, okay, that felt like that supports me, even though it's like maybe doesn't financially and it changes what my budget looks like. It did make me feel better. And I'm like, that's fine. I can have a year that's just,
0: you know, is what it is. We've got enough. And sometimes we just have to to say no. Yeah. And that's okay. You're not – I was like, oh, I'm disappointing them or, oh, they're holding a spot for me or, oh, no. Mm -hmm. I'm just like at some point, sometimes it just doesn't make sense. You did the right thing.
1: Well, and I always say like if it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Yeah. And so if it's not feeling – Yeah, like a solid yes to me, I should probably take it off Mm because then I'm not going to be given 100% of my effort anyway and I'm going to show up as a better version. Hopefully, I'm feeling better in
0: August than I am in April. Check back in with you, girl.
1: Check back. Give me an update. (laughs) Well, okay. I've yammered on for long enough. We have my, I just, I'm so excited about our guest today. And my friend, Joanna Webb from Three Little Buds is on here today with us. Joanna, I'm staring at your sweet face and you're just sitting there quietly. Welcome.
2: <laughs> hello, hello. Yes. So beautiful.
0: I'm like a like a dirty sewer rat over here and Joanna's like <laughs> looking all cute.
2: What? Well, it's because I'm at my real job and I would <laughs> like to be home and be dirty, <laughs> <Yeah>. but... <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: So, so Joanna owns Three Little Buds and Mm -hmm. we're, you're going to share about it here, but we, side note, I am friends with her. So she lives, we're about an hour, two hours apart. All right. About two hours. She's in Buchanan, West Virginia. And so we met, I actually, oh, this was another desperate moment of mine. Throughout just on, I got a lot of them. I had needed help getting dahlias out of the ground. We were going to have a freeze or something. One of yeah. my girls was, I think, one of my girls was sick. Anyway, one of them was on vacation. And I just said, Hey, I need some help. Any, any volunteers to come help dig dahlias? And she literally drove two Aww. hours. To come help. I was like, Are you serious? Like, I <laughs> could not believe that she was serious. I'm like, I will pay you. I will pay you and Dalia tubers. I just think I left you, and you left with like bags of tubers. And I was like, mm-hmm. Take this, take this, <laughs> take it
0: to help me get them out of the ground. So, Aww.
1: Joanna, I'm so glad you're here.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah.
0: So, do you want to tell us like a little bit about yourself, your farm? Um, just introduce your sweet self to all the listeners. Cause I know you listen to the podcast. So now you get to talk to them and they're just, they're like, literally the sweetest group ever
2: yeah this is this is exciting because i do listen to you all every week on the way to (laughs) school school drop off on friday mornings that's what we turn on and my little one loves the intro song
0: oh Um, cute
2: i am a full-time chemistry professor and in 2017, I, a couple of years before that, I'd grown a lot of things. 2017 was the summer that my husband said, No more unless you <laughs> take some things up to the florist and see if they're interested. Like, oh. you need to pay for this rather expensive Sure. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they loved it and Aww. blessed them because they were so supportive and for the next two summers that was really where I sold most of my flowers and then in 2020 when COVID hit I had I scaled up a little bit scaled up for me is very small I had scaled up and had all these flowers and florists were closed and so that's when everything took off I think in in 2020 with more retail bouquets, not just wholesale, mm-hmm. and really started putting myself out there on social media a little bit more, getting involved in the community, and made it a real business mm-hmm. at that point, and it's just... Grown and become this big thing that I can barely manage <laughs> at this point. So, so
0: what what does it look like now?
2: So I'm currently growing. My husband says we have no backyard anymore. There's a little bit of backyard left. <laughs> I'm taking over. Not much.
1: Just enough for his motorcycle to park in. <laughs> yes, it, which is in the way. It, yeah, all it's all the time. In the always. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so the backyard. There are a few beds in the back. And then I have two city lots that I have leased. And one of them I've been growing on the longest since, I think since 2020, that is a lot uh, that a business owns. And mm-hmm. it took me a year to secure that lot. I had to go all the way up the line to real estate in New York City with that business to, to make that work. It was crazy, Wow! but it was worth it. It paid off. And then I expanded to a second city lot. So I have about A fifth of an acre that I'm growing on currently. Awesome. Yeah.
1: And I've been there. It's like, that's, this is one of the reasons I wanted to have her on because I think so many of our listeners are in that spot. Like I think, you know, sure we're sharing advice on how to grow. um, But you're just like, so many people are in your shoes. And Mm -hmm. I think it's so relatable to know like, okay, well I'm here. You've got to be there in order to scale up and maybe their scale up is you know, getting to a fifth of an acre, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just growing a handful of rows. So I think seeing what you do and how much you grow and what you produce on that fifth of an acre to me is absolutely incredible. And I've, I've said that to you many, many times. Her son also, Shannon, is the one that I said (laughs) about the cussing. Will is the (laughs) – and I realize I said H-E double hockey sticks three times already since Uh in the first 12 minutes. So (laughs) my score card for this episode is not – It's bad. It's bad. bad. Yeah, He's going to have words for you. I know that's you would have thought cute. with being extra mindful with who the guest is. So sorry, Will.
0: Yes, is he? Is he I'm like sorry. the bad word police?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's
0: how my son is. Too. He like, will
1: oh, call you, you
2: out will. in an instant. Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah, cutest.
1: <laughs> we were exchanging little videos back and forth about my about my scorecard for that yeah, for that week but you. yeah it's adorable <laughs> but what enterprises do you have what sales outlets are you selling to right now um i know you started with a florist but where where have you landed now
2: so this past year the breakdown
1: kind of rounded to nice neat
2: whole numbers i had 15 percent wholesale mainly to local florists within 45 minutes of me 30 mm-hmm. percent retail bouquets And that included a really small farmer's market that uh, was once a month, a once a month market. And I think I attended three or four of those. Uh, subscriptions are 20%. Tubers and seeds, I've dabbled in that for the last couple of years, 5%. I did weddings last year, that was 20%. Mm. That's getting a big mix oh. this season. <laughs> out of here. And then workshops were uh, about 10%. So I, I feel like I've dabbled in a little sure. bit of everything just to mm-hmm. feel out what I like. Mm-hmm. And uh weddings, full service yeah. weddings. It's. Yeah, it's 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 not the brides. I've had wonderful, Mm -hmm. wonderful people to work with. It's that when I'm getting ready to go anywhere, somebody's peed their pants, somebody can't find their shoes. You know what I mean? Like it's it's too much pressure. It could have been me peeing my pants. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So it's that was too much. Yeah. So I think that's going to look a little bit different this season, not having those, those bigger weddings. I did get into a, a a new market this season Mm -hmm. that I'm really excited about, but it's mainly been, you know, subscriptions and retail
1: bouquets. All of that is retail and, and wholesale mainly. And you said in 2020, that's when you started, you shifted mostly from wholesale to this. Did you kind of take all, did you implement all those at once or did you kind of slowly progress? Did you do workshops that year, CSA, all that? How did that evolved for you? I think in 2019,
2: I had like five or 10 subscriptions. I had dabbled in that just a little bit. So I had a little bit of a baseline going into that 2020 year of, okay, I I know how to handle this. And Mm -hmm. so launch that a little bit more seriously, just because of the timing of everyone wanted flowers and Mm -hmm. they're willing to come pick them up or we would deliver and just drop and go. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that kind of kind of just came naturally out of out of that situation. Mm
0: -hmm. Wow. I I love I really like the grit and like determination it took to get the additional lot because I think a lot of people in your position they've like loved growing in their backyards they feel these they see the opportunity you're like okay Mm -hmm. I feel like even I felt that too you know when we were growing it's like okay I'm saying no to people now. And, like, I'm my own limiting factor, so that was, like, hard for me to swallow. But I think a lot of other people are in the same spot where they're looking for other opportunities to grow. So talk a little bit about, like, the whole city lot thing and how you decided upon that and came across that.
2: I knew when I was just in my backyard Mm -hmm. that that wasn't going to cut it and I needed more space. Mm -hmm. We couldn't afford going out and purchasing mm-hmm. land at the time. And so I would literally drive around town and see empty space and think, mm-hmm. Oh, I could, I could grow some good stuff in that lot right there. Right. <laughs> and this one is on the other side of my neighbor. So I can look out my kitchen window and oh, see it. So nice. it was the, yeah. the natural first choice. Mm. And so just, just trying to, there was not necessarily anyone there local that I could contact so working myself up the chain and mm-hmm. being that annoying, this annoying flower lady that keeps calling about leasing this lot <laughs> and just being persistent about it. Yeah. Everyone that I talked to was supportive. No one sure. could give me an answer. So yeah, I, that, and then expanding onto the second lot, once people knew what I was doing, mm-hmm. um, everyone's been really great about, Hey, we have land and you could grow well, here, but yeah. the transport of things and, yeah. you know, it kind of yeah. needs to be close for that to work and, mm-hmm. and be efficient. So the lots that I have are uh, both, within a block of my house oh, so
0: that's wonderful yeah oh I yeah That's it. nice
1: I know I think sometimes when I'm like I you think you want to expand it, but it's like it's it's the distance too, like the traveling so it's like so you're so lucky that you got it so close to the house too because it could have mm-hmm. been like uh you know miles and miles and miles away which mm-hmm. would add a whole another layer
0: of complication to it
2: yeah I don't I don't know that we could we could handle that at this point in yeah. our
0: lives, mm-hmm. so um, okay, Joanna. So I know when you looked to add the additional lots, and COVID came. How did you determine like who was your target market? I mean, how I guess how did you narrow in? Because I feel like a lot of our listeners are wanting to try a lot of different things. And I think that that is part of the process. But like, how did you really try to narrow who your target market is and then start marketing to those people in spe- like specifically?
2: I don't feel like I have a good answer for this because <laughs> I didn't know anything at mm-hmm. marketing about marketing at the time. And so it just... Happened naturally. I think Mm -hmm. the people that, as much as you hate to say it, flowers are a luxury purchase for a lot of people. So Mm -hmm. the people that could afford to purchase flowers and people that were purchasing as a gift, I was able to see who those types of people were. Mm -hmm. And then I think that target market came. Naturally, just by observing what was happening. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I certainly was not focused in on that at the time because I didn't know any of of these words. I didn't know anything about a target market. Yeah. Uh So, so it was more just throwing throwing things out to see what stuck at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely a process. I really try to encourage people to listen to the words that their customers are saying back to you. So like wait when they're like, oh my gosh, I just love like the vase life on this. Like, okay, I have a, my customer like really values vase life. So that For us, like they always want sunflowers in their summer bouquets because they think they're going to last the longest and that's their perceived value piece on that. So that's awesome. It, it does take time. You know, people just want to be like, boop. This is my target market, but it really takes a lot of time, analysis, testing, all that kind of stuff. And it sounds like you really like narrowed that down and are doing an amazing job at that.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's research, you know, like it's just like researching like it's a different market than your wholesale market versus Mm -hmm. your retail customer. And it's just like you cutting out full service weddings. Like after, after a little bit of time, you realize like what's working for you and what's not and kind of weeding out what's not. Mm -hmm.
2: I I think it's different to where you're located. I'm in rural West Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what you all might be able to sell or in around bigger cities is very different Mm -hmm. than, than what, than what I can do. So mm-hmm. uh, focusing in on, on what your, custo- uh, Shannon, you're exactly right. What your customers want and the language that you're, you they're using. Yeah. Um,
1: and just speaking to them directly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, I, one of the things that I think you do has always stood out to me and I think you do fantastic at is you are on one fifth of an acre. So putting that into perspective, you have, I think you have a wildly successful business in that small space, you put out a ton of workshops and tubers and blooms. I mean, you sell flowers off of your porch. You Aww. still sell to florists. Like, you you crank out a lot of stuff for a fifth an acre. So – and I know – Joe, you and I have talked about how it sort of forced you to be more efficient in certain ways, right? Like when Shannon and I had other jobs, it forced us to have more systems and, and yeah. um, rely more on employees where, you know, if I was on the farm, I probably would have not let go of control. So can you speak to that a little bit about the areas that you feel like you excel in efficiency with just having a fifth of an acre to grow on?
2: Yeah, I I have in a lot of ways resented that because I, I want it to be more than than what it currently is. But when I think about how far I've come and, and the time and just growing in the backyard and, and learning how to grow and get good at the growing part mm-hmm. and then even just expanding onto one city lot, that has forced me to get good slowly and not mm-hmm. expand and make this thing that's completely unmanageable. Mm-hmm. So I I think I've gotten good. Oh, I, I use every square inch that I can see. If mm-hmm. we were just looking at at the space the other day, and there was space in between the peonies, and it just irked me. Something <laughs> else could be growing in those few square inches. <laughs> so I think I've I've gotten really good about uh, being observant of the space mm-hmm. and and just trying to to pack as much in as I possibly can, not only in, in that space, but then also being efficient in using what I'm growing, not being wasteful of the blooms that I have. So if something doesn't go in a bouquet, it gets dried. Or, you know, just just really maximizing everything that gets cut uh, so that you're making as much money off of off of that work as possible.
1: Yeah, that's true, because I I think that what your space that you grow on, like you just said, it's forced you to do the things that we always tell people to do, like Mm -hmm. stay like start small, focus on a particular Sector like you were doing florists, or you know, a particular target market, a particular crop. Because you know, we when you catch the flower bug, you want to do it all and you want to grow mm-hmm. a ton, absolutely. And your space really kind of forced you to stay focused and definitely made you excel at your business for sure. I, I think
2: it's also forced the sales outlets. Like, I would love to do a, a you pick, and I would love to have people. On the property to do workshops, but it's not my property. It's leased land. So that's Mm -hmm. not an option for me as much as I want that to happen. Yeah. So it has to be wholesale and retail bouquets and this year trying to go to a market. So, you know, maybe I get really good at those things and Mm -hmm. then later can expand to the, the things I kind of have my heart set on eventually. Yeah. Yeah, that's great.
0: So I, I, we get a ton of questions from listeners. I mean, succession planting in general is always a huge topic. People want to know about it, especially since a lot of us are growing on a small space. I, they're like, okay, but like, how does this all fit together? They want to know, you know, so it's like, how, how long do I leave a crop and like all, all that kind of stuff. So when you have such a, a smaller space, it really forces you to like, really like, zero in on when a crop is done and it's time for a new one because you're really trying to maximize that, that smaller space. So how do you go about succession planting and like any tips or tricks for any of the listeners who are wondering the same things?
2: Yeah, I really struggled with this in the beginning because as I was, as we all do, we go on and we follow all these other flower farmers. My space didn't look like any of those spaces. I don't have uniform 50 or 100 foot beds where I can put one crop in 50 feet and mm-hmm. that's it. I think I started paying attention to that difference. And I actually started following a lot more veggie farmers and mm-hmm. mimicking what a market a market mm-hmm. farmer is doing. Curtis Stone and Jean-Martin Fortier and th- those guys that pack a lot in one space and flip beds really quickly. And so I kind of took that approach Mm -hmm. to growing in my space. I think it all starts with good planning in the winter. I start with the things that I know need to be rotated. Like I don't want to plant lisianthus in the same bed and risk disease. So Mm -hmm. start with the things that I, I know would be a little bit more finicky and move them around. I feel like I can't plan necessarily in the way that you all do, I know I can fit 30 feet of a crop in, or I can have 10 mm-hmm. yeah. feet of this other little filler that goes really far. So then it's just kind of a puzzle fitting little areas in. And I try to leave beds
1: open, bed That's space open ask you. for you'll later. Leave, you'll leave stuff open for successions later. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: I cover it. I cover it with landscape fabric if it's a prepared bed so that I don't have to worry about weeds. Pull the cover back and it's mm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. I also, for crops, uh, snapdragons, things that end up blooming late spring, early summer, I have become ruthless about cutting those back, ripping them out, and getting something else in that space. So snapdragons for me, everything's outside. I don't have a high tunnel. So I'll get a good, really good first flush. But that second flush is never is never mm-hmm, as yeah. long. It's the blooms aren't as pretty. Mm-hmm. So those get hacked back. I cut them back to the ground. I leave the roots in the ground uh, just to try to give some organic matter because I don't have time to cover crop <laughs> or the space to mm-hmm. cover crop. Mm-hmm. And then just try within the same day or the next day to get uh, a seedling, a transplant in that space. So cut something mm-hmm. down and immediately get something else planted, mm-hmm. a saloja or marigold, something that um, doesn't take quite as long, but would bloom later in the season.
1: So you're not going to then pull up fabric and reprep prep a bed. You're just cutting the stuff off and replanting something right in there. Right. I, yeah. I do bed prep in the beginning of the season and then just roll with it throughout the season. Yeah. That was going to be my next question was about like, explain how your field is is set up, you know? So are you using fabric? What's your irrigation system? Are you using low tunnels? Cause I know you grow ranunculus. And so tell me like, just explain your operation a little bit. Yeah. In the field space that I've field, I say that in, in quotation marks, <laughs> uh,
2: I, I'm growing beside of an air handling unit. So it's not like, this really beautiful space. <laughs> so, in in that main area, I do have landscape fabric on everything. There was one year that we mowed the paths, and we couldn't. We have three little kids; we couldn't even keep up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, everything has landscape fabric. The beds are three feet wide. The uh, paths are two feet paths, which becomes. A, a zoo mm-hmm, uh, just yeah. wild by the end of the season. <laughs> I run drip irrigation on the beds and I do use some low tunnels in my backyard during the spring, early spring, late winter for, for ranunculus. That's really the only thing that I have, have really used uh, a low tunnel on.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know you, uh, you mentioned this cause we said you look adorable. And so I know because you're all dressed up at your regular job, you have a full-time job, three kids a husband, you're running the business. I know I get your newsletter. So you're killing it on a newsletter. You manage <laughs> QuickBooks. You just hired an employee. Okay. Oh. Freaking superhuman. Um, I'm not going to ask you how to do it, how you do it. Cause I know that that's like an impossible question to answer, but like, what are the things that you do to help keep all of this organized and the business flowing and moving forward. Cause you're always like your brain's always going when I, I know we talk, you're always wanting to move the business forward. So how do you, how are you managing that? What are some tips for people?
2: My husband makes fun of me in the winter. I've got these 10 questions that I go through to plan for the next year, goal planning, Mm -hmm. right? And what are the things that worked? What are the things that didn't work? And uh, we, I tackle that each winter. And this was actually the first year that when we talked through it together, my husband said, "This is the first summer where I felt like flowers took over our lives. And so I felt like something had to change there. Mm-hmm. So that, I think initial planning guides guides what we're gonna do for for the growing season. It sounds like it's superhuman, but for, on a day- to day, it's a train wreck most of the time. <laughs> um, I think I think I, I try to tackle, plan out social media, Mm -hmm. uh, on, on a Sunday while Mm -hmm. I'm sitting around watching TV, uh, just kind of map out what that's going to look like during the winter. I try to map out the events that we're going to have or Mm -hmm. big things that I, that I'm going to focus on. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, my brain is always going, always thinking about something different. I'm a scientist and I'm a total nerd. (laughs) So I'm always thinking about trying something differently, or Mm -hmm. I'm also pretty comfortable because science is a lot of failure. So I think I'm pretty comfortable with failure. Mm -hmm. And if something doesn't work, well, we'll try it differently next time. (laughs) So I don't, I don't let that necessarily slow me down too much, Mm -hmm. try to learn from it. And how can we, how can we do it differently next Mm -hmm. time? So yeah.
0: What would you say like a a day in your life looks like, like a work day? When do you harvest or when are you trying to fit all these things in? Because a lot of people are in the same spot. They're Working and coming home to either families or just trying to fit it in. So, are you like trying? Are you creative about how you're getting it all done? I mean, I guess what does like an average day look like for you?
2: So, my schedule makes this a little bit better. Mm-hmm. I, my even college schedule is different than my husband's a high school teacher, than okay. the school year schedule. Mm-hmm. So, I have three more days of class and finals to get through, oh, and then oh, May hits, yes. and I'm home. For yeah. The summer.
0: Oh, that's yeah. so.
2: So it's really the spring and the fall months, September mm-hmm. and October, that are just utter chaos. When I get up in the morning, sometimes I'll run out and do a walkthrough and, and kind of make myself a list of what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm up in the mornings before work, setting bouquets out, making bouquets if I didn't mm-hmm. get them done. I'll tend to sometimes do social media things, reply mm-hmm. to comments and questions and yeah during lunch
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then as soon as i get home change i can maybe get an hour in before the kids are home from school mm-hmm. and then we really and we've tried to incorporate the kids since the beginning
1: mm-hmm.
2: and and make them part of Part of the process, they don't always love it, and they they may help for five minutes, mm-hmm. and then they're off playing. But at least we're all together doing it together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not that's not always true. There, I I have really had to think about when things get done, especially in the summer. The perk of our jobs is that we get to be home with our kids in the summer, mm-hmm. being teachers. So how do I get all that done before they're up and ready to go? And they they want to go swimming, or whatever we're going to do together mm-hmm. during the day. So it changes. It changes in each season, mm-hmm. depending on whether I'm at work or, or whether we're off for the summer. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: And you just hired, um, you just have an employee this year, right? Is it Molly? Molly. Yeah. Molly is a
2: saint. She is <laughs> yeah. a saint. That So that came out of the conversation with my husband about you know, this is, this has become too much. Mm -hmm. And so it was either scale back, which I didn't want to do. (laughs) So find help. And, and Molly has been amazing. She is a homeschool mom that all of her kids just graduated and she Mm -hmm. wanted something flexible. So she kind of comes and goes, she'll have a, a running list of things and, She'll text me through the day. Hey, I got this done. What's next? And so Aww, it's a it's been really nice. good so far. I'm excited to hit the ground running with her in the summer when I'm yeah. off because yeah. I think we're going to be able to tackle a lot
1: more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It has to feel so refreshing, just like refreshing to have like work. I feel like when I was working... And trying to manage this, it felt so hard because like when I was at work, everything came to a standstill.
1: Mm -hmm. And it's like,
0: I mean, (laughs) people are showing up and I'm just like, wow. So I know we interviewed a while back. Is it Alexis from Wild Root? Yeah. 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 From Wild Roots. Yes. And she messaged me the other day and said, hey, I finally, I got an employee and oh my gosh, it's completely life changing. Just to like just to have things happening when you're not there is like, it's like oh, mind yeah. blowing. So I mean, I bet, I bet that just feels so amazing and like freeing for you in some ways, even just, you know, because we do, there's certain things that only we can do. Right,
2: right. She, I came home the other day and all of my seed starting is in my basement mm-hmm. and she had swept out there was dirt and leaves and old Dahlia tubers yes. from going up and down those basement steps. She swept it out and I could have
1: cried when I got
2: home just because that one little task had been taken care of. Yes. So it is, it's a complete weight that comes off. Of yeah.
1: Shoulders. yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. And it gives you energy. I mean, like, yeah. I think it was great. You're able to identify like a pinch point, you know, um, like where, where were you struggling a little bit and like finding a solution for that. And it's going to make you feel so much more energized going into this year. Mm -hmm. I hope so. I'm excited about it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what would you say your biggest lesson is, or one thing that has really helped you get to where you're at now? Because a lot of our newbies are looking at you like, okay, if she can do it on a fifth of an acre, I can do this too. So I guess what, what have been some of your biggest lessons and, and you know, what advice would you give?
2: I really love to, to learn and be, observant. So I think I think looking and paying attention so that you can maximize all the space that you have available is, is really important. I also really love a, a challenge. So not being afraid to dig in and find information to solve a problem and ask, ask the questions, but mm-hmm. there's information out there. So go dig in and, and figure it out. Google a million different iterations of the problem and see what you come up with but also just try it mm-hmm. and if it fails you learn from that yeah and uh, let like, you know like I said before it's my limitations have been a good thing I don't like it all the time but mm-hmm. it has forced me to to get good in one area so that now I can focus on the business side of things a little bit more the marketing mm-hmm. and and keeping track of the numbers so that we're moving in, in the right direction. So not, I don't know, not be willing, be willing to fail
1: and and learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, it's great. That's it, great because it's, you know, I mean, we just did a whole episode on yes, failing. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't gotten to
2: listen to that one. <laughs> it came out today, actually, <laughs> at the time
1: of this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just keep adding, just keep adding to the list. I mean, it's... <laughs> I don't know. It does. It's your those early those early years. It's so I remember seeing all the other farms and wanting to be where we are now. Mm -hmm. I think Kaylin said it on her episode, but it's like, the bigger you get, the bigger the problems. Mm -hmm. Like it's just it, it does. So those early the early years when you're first starting out, it's like, you're still failing, you're still messing up, you're still trying to figure it out. It still feels messy, but it's on a smaller scale. So now when it's a big old dumpster fire, you just get a bigger, <laughs> bigger <laughs> fire extinguisher yeah. to put it out. Uh, but you do, you learn, you build on that. You always, you're always building, you're always learning, you're strengthening that. And I think uh, your grittiness shows after yeah. you go on after those city lots, talking mm-hmm. to clear of somebody. <laughs> <laughs> it takes that sometimes, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. you probably got a whole lot of no's before you get yeses. It's like right. that with anything, yeah. right. Florist, grocery stores, all that. So. I think too, just Lori mentioned this, just focusing on on
2: you and keeping Mm -hmm. your head down, especially when you're in my situation. I I look around and there are all these other people growing that, that have what I want eventually. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's really easy to feel stuck and, and wallow in that, but why not Mm -hmm. try to dig into it and make every dollar you can off of, off of what you do have and make, Mm -hmm. make your current infrastructure and your current situation work for you mm-hmm. as as best as you
0: yeah. can. Yeah. A, a lot of people who listen, you know, are at a standstill because they feel like they don't have everything they need. I'm like if you could see me, I'm like air quoting this. They don't have everything they need in order to be what they think that they want to be. It's like they don't even know what the next step is and so they but, th- but I don't have X amount of acres or I don't have a tractor or I don't have a high tunnel or, you know, we we get that a lot when we're consulting. So I think it's just so important for people to hear this Because even Lindsay and I, not that we're, we try not to be like out of touch. It's for us, it's like a lot of times we have to like bring ourselves down back to like that first year because it's like, Mm -hmm. what does that feel like? Like, what did that feel like? And it's hard. It's a hard time. It's humbling where there's so much learning happening. And I, we always try to encourage people to not you know just stop moving cuz they're just like oh okay i can't do this anymore because i don't have this that and the other in place so honestly being a mom and working and doing all this it's so inspiring and wonderful for our listeners to hear and i i know they're going to love this and just relate to you so much so it's awesome
1: your marketing's great yes. too your social media is so funny like i love i love your stuff i love The way you incorporate the your kids and the funny things your kids say to you and just your life, you know, like and that's what's so relatable about. I think everybody, like Shannon was just saying, people get hung up even on marketing. Yeah, you know, like I don't know what to say. I'm not unique, and it's like just share your life because that's what people relate to. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, your flower customers as well as others. So yeah, I don't. Maybe it's because I'm in front of college
2: students most of my life I don't get embarrassed very easily they're mm-hmm. you know they make fun of me all the time so <laughs> so I've got college students I've got my own kids making making fun of me so I I don't feel one bit bad about going on social media with crazy hair or no makeup <laughs> or big deal right I've yeah. got things
1: to accomplish so yeah yep, absolutely no it's great well, tell everybody how they can find you, where they can learn more about your farm, and they want to check you out, what you've got going on in this fifth of an acre.
2: Yeah. So the website is 3 com, and Instagram and Facebook are both – Three little buds, flowers.
0: Yeah, love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, yes.
1: I can't wait to hear my report card from Will. Yeah, we'll we'll keep him in check here.
0: (laughs) Send some Cheryl's cookies or something. something. Yeah, (laughs) he's he's easily bought off. Oh, absolutely, especially with cookies,
1: (laughs) cookies or I. I mean, if it's bad enough, report card, I might have to send him some Steelers tickets or something.
0: But uh,
2: (laughs) you're going straight to his heart there.
1: (laughs) I know.
2: I know.
0: All right. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you really do love what you're hearing, and I hope you do, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you won't miss out on any future episodes. You'll get a little notification on Fridays when our new episode comes out. If you haven't joined us yet and are feeling FOMO, over at the Dirt on Flowers Insiders, our June membership is opening up soon. So June 1st through the 5th, we will open our doors back up. So if you're new and you haven't checked out the membership, you can click the link in our show notes and be sure to check it out. We're really going in deep with our insiders over there and we're just having a lot of fun learning new things and it's a really fun, more intimate way that Lindsay and I get to share with you all. So as always on Instagram at Dirt on Flowers, drop us a comment, leave us a message, tell us what you want to hear more of, tell us your problems. I mean, so many messages over there like, what do I do? So it's so encouraging. I actually had a husband reach out for his flower farming wife because he knew she would not want him to be messaging. She wouldn't feel comfortable messaging. So he reached out and asked a question. It's so that, sweet. No. It's just the cutest. So, we love connecting with you on there. All right. Thanks for being here. Your minutes are incredibly important and we hope you found value. We'll see you at the same time, same place next week.